Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, a training school lead here in London. As, and as usual, uh, I am joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based over in Sydney. Josh, how are you? But I guess as a, as a Brit living in Australia, you're probably not that good today. Uh, I'm OK, Sam, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um... Having to watch the Ashes through the day today wasn't the best. Uh, first ball of the series, first ball, first ball, first wicket, golden duck. Um, couldn't believe it, I'll be frank. But um, you know, luckily I wasn't in the office or anywhere too much. But my G chat was getting a lot of stick throughout the day. I must admit that. Um, but yeah, not too bad. How how about you? How's things with you? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, other than waking up and seeing, like you said. Australia taking a wicket with the first ball of the whole five match series doesn't bode well for for the rest of it. I would say things can only get better, but I have seen England get bowled out for less than 150. So we'll have to, mm. to wait and see there. Um, just uh, just a bit of housework for, for us to, to begin. For those that are watching on YouTube and those that have never watched the podcast on YouTube, feel free to head over to the Toro YouTube channel uh, and remember to like share and subscribe that would mean a lot to us and also those that are listening uh on all different uh podcast channels remember to subscribe it really helps josh and i kick things off and we we're actually just talking about some big plans for 2022 so make sure you are subscribed for that um speaking of the podcast then i guess this week we can discuss u.s inflation uh, the number comes out uh, this week. I guess we can talk about whether it has any implications for next week's Federal Reserve meeting. Uh, we can also talk about crypto after the, the flash crash, I guess we can call it, on, on the weekend. Uh, and I thought it'd be good to also talk over vaccine stocks, which have had some pretty interesting price action in, in the last few days with, with this new variant. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good to me. Um, a lot for investors to uh, to digest really? right now. Um, as we come towards the year end, like you say, inflation, uh, you know, some huge moves from the market Friday. It's been a mixed week so far as well. You know, big moves from the NASDAQ last night, up 3%. So it's been a, a pretty volatile couple of weeks for sure. So lots to sort of get through. Yeah. yeah. But well, before we get through that, um, I just wanted to mention also to our listeners that next week we'll revisit uh, those second half of the year predictions uh, and we will also at some point record a, a 2022 Outlook uh, podcast, which we will probably release over Christmas, um, which people can listen to whenever, of course. Um, but on those predictions, how are you How are you feeling? I guess we've got, well, just just over, a tiny bit over three weeks left of the year. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good, to be honest. I can't quite remember all of them. I think, I think my S&P might be a little bit off. I think I was sitting on the fence around... 4,700, 4,800, maybe the, I think I said maybe my ball case was five. I think we're just under that right now, aren't we? Um, we had oil as well, I think, if I remember. Oil, I think I said 65, 70. We're just on 70, so we'll see. Um, 
you know i think i think i remember with oil i said that it would rally which i think it did yeah. and then I, but you know i think ultimately opec might step in but instead omicron did instead yeah. um, which which helped me push it down to my target um and i guess bitcoin probably the one that's going to let me down i imagine uh, with that sell-off over the weekend um just gonna have a quick look where are we we're at 50,000 i think i said would be close to 60 65,000 so i'm a bit off the money there but we've still got three, weeks. three or four three weeks so we never know with bitcoin <laughs> no, you, you never know we're going to be having this podcast next week and it could be could be at the target so we'll have to wait and see on that um however not in three weeks in in less than a week the end of this week on friday we've got the inflation number so for our listeners what are we expecting uh, i'd want to know what will or will it I suppose, change the Fed and their thinking for next week uh, and what we think about in terms of market reactions, should we see a really good number uh, or a bad number or well, I guess in line? Yeah. Well, look, I think the, the interesting thing to mention is that we obviously the last number we had obviously was a surprise. Um, so that's something that, to look out for. Again, forecasts are to accelerate to about 6.9%, which would be a 30, a new 30 year high. Um, and then therefore reinforcing the Fed's sort of more hawkish stance. You know, the, the, the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell have already said that the economy has sort of learned to live with COVID. Um, you know, and each new COVID wave has done less damage to the economy. Um, but ultimately, we've seen, you know, plenty of fear sort of come through with Omicron. Maybe maybe it changes their stance. Um, this, you know, there's certainly that fear there that it could derail sort of this global growth. You know, I think over the last few days, we've sort of settled down slightly on that. But I think the reading will give the Fed, you know, um, a bit of evidence on how quickly inflation is sort of progressing um, and whether we'll see that sort of fast withdrawal of the sort of monthly bond purchases um, and, and if that's warranted ultimately. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, that debate is then obviously expected to come through on the committee meeting on December the 14th. Um, flicking back to obviously last month, as I say, you know, we had a, a surprise number, um, but it showed that obviously prices had risen much faster the fastest pace that we'd seen and obviously you know 30 years then um that was at 6.2 percent but again we, we've we, we spoke a, a couple of times about that sort of word transitionary didn't we we it was the word of the word of the week at one point but um yeah jay powell said obviously that he no longer viewed inflation as transit transitionary um which was interesting because he said that as soon as he got elected um and he said it was tran uh, tran transitionary the whole time uh, or transitory um so that was interesting but um he also signaled you know openness to sort of accelerate um the, the pace of obviously the monetary policy which you know could possibly shake markets a little bit we could you know that, that sort of um speed up could could shake it a little bit um but when we see inflation obviously fears you know it tends to see a bit of a boost in the us dollar uh, we do tend to see that sort of volatility come back through in markets um partic particularly now after we've seen sort of the, these worries sort of coming through um you know we've got quite a bit we've mentioned it a few times you know a bit to worry about you know, inflation uh, the debt ceiling omicron etc so there's a little bit out there for investors to worry about um but as I mentioned if this number comes in above expectations that's something to watch but i think we can expect to see inflation um stay higher for longer ease during sort of early 2022 uh, sort of those growth rates uh, of economies start to um start to fall slightly and then obviously supply chains you know do begin to to adjust as well but ultimately i think we see you know, strong growth for for the shorter term um but again if we if we look at what sort of lies ahead for for the federal reserve and obviously jay powell you know, there's a fair bit you know on that he's got to really contend with we've obviously got the labor market again really weak jobs number on friday that came through much lower than expected 
So will then wage demand start to reflect, you know, the inflation news that we've got? And if they then do, will companies respond by, you know, raising prices? Well, if they don't do that, then they're going to let their profit margins start to decline. So that's then going to be passed on. And then when we look at the property market, which accounts for a third of, of the index, will rents then continue to increase? Will it cost you more money? I mean, it's happening here in Sydney already. You know, I've got friends looking for apartments. I know we're obviously not in the US, but you can see it coming through. Rent is going up, um, you know, in, 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 in lots and lots of places. Um, so I imagine that's the same in, in the US. And look, if, if this does happen, you know, it's then going to be very hard for um, to bring inflation down to the Fed's sort of target range. Look, I think there's going to be a fair bit of volatility you know, on Friday anyway, just in terms of we, we've seen that from markets two, three percent swings over the last sort of week or so. So I think we, we will see that volatility sort of resume uh, on Friday um, when, when we get that number come through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I was saying this yesterday in, in, the, in the webinar, the Market Watch webinar, which people can find on, on the Utoro Academy. Uh, but I was just saying for a currency trader, if you're looking to enter the market now for maybe like a medium term, longer term position, you really need to be waiting i think for a couple of weeks because you've got the inflation number right which out on friday which obviously can move things to the us and then next week we've got the the fed meeting we've also got ecb on thursday and the bank of england it's like a a central bank heavy week next week so yeah kind of like if you want that bigger move longer term you really need to get through that because uh, obviously the fundamentals will will change potentially on on those days um on on the, well this weekend just gone I was, um, was at Sandown Park, which for people in the UK will know as a, as a horse racing venue. Um, and luckily, I won the, the last bet of the day, which which gave me some winnings. If that didn't happen, um, I would have been would have been down a hundred pound. And, and luckily, I decided that my uh, picking of horses was useless, so I went down the other route, which was picking names that I liked, uh, and it had my name in. So it won. I got lucky. But also at that time, or, or around the weekend, crypto, of course, was was flash crashing uh which which sort of softened the blow somehow by, by sort of winning that bet um but what are your, your thoughts on it are you, are you putting it down to anything other than just sort of the, the thin liquidity uh in in the market over the over the weekend i'm glad to hear you won anyway it's always a good choice you know, yeah. pick, pick 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 the name that, that you like and that will be the winner um yeah it was a proper flash crash wasn't it um i was actually out for, for lunch with uh, with my other half and, and some friends. I was getting a, a good telling off for not being sociable. Uh, but you can't take your eyes off it when no. it's like that. When, you know, you can't not watch it because um, it was obviously crazy. And um, obviously that fear then begins to start to start. Is it all over? But no, look, I think um, look, I think it's a few things. We obviously had rising concerns on the obviously the new virus variant that we spoke about and obviously how that could then affect global growth. Um, Obviously, the hawkish U.S. Fed. That's obviously then, as we say, now threatening to accelerate its its um, monetary sort of tightening policy, uh, and that you know ultimately affected most risk assets on Friday. And then obviously Saturday with crypto, we saw you know most assets sell off heavy on Friday, um, and and Bitcoin was you know was 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 not able to to survive that. Then when the sell off began, obviously as you say, Sam, we have that sort of thin liquidity over the weekend anyway. But we started obviously to see that sell off in the spot market. This then started to see a big liquidations in the future mar futures market, you know. So then we're seeing billions and billions of dollars of leverage trades being liquidated, which then continue to send the market lower. And we actually had a we actually had a candle which hit about forty two thousand. Again, I mean, you know, it actually recovered very very well. We're back at fifty thousand, and by Sunday you would you'd already recovered. Um, 
you know, but I think it's a stark reminder of the risks associated with, with crypto. Um, and I think investors have got to remember this. You know, we, we've mentioned a lot about crypto on on the podcast. And as I say, it's, um, you know, even when we talk about buying the dip, which is the new mentality for 2020 and 2021 investors, we've got to remember that this can this can happen. Um, and it just shows that assets don't move up in a straight line, and particularly with crypto. You know, they don't always go up, no matter what your friend at the pub tells you. Um, you know, and, and the fear and greed indexes right now, which is a good sign of sort of the sentiment in the Bitcoin market, that's an extreme fear, right? Look, we know the market is, is extremely volatile um, and it's easy to see why there is that sort of fear there right now. You know, if you're just buying into Bitcoin for the first time last week, when the biggest asset in Bitcoin is dropping by 15, 20 percent in less than an hour, certainly going to cause a, a bit of a headache. But look, when we look at Bitcoin and sort of zoom out a little bit, we, we're down 30 percent from its all time high, about 69,000. You know, typically Bitcoin experiences, you know, pretty sharp drawdowns between you know, 10, 20 percent when we get a bull market like we're seeing. You know, in a bear market, you know, drawdowns can extend well beyond sort of 30%, much, much higher than that. You know, and I think, you know, it can sometimes take a fair bit of time for, for the price to recover. We saw something very similar, and I think this is why I'm, um, you know, I, I'm not 100% worried because we saw something very similar in September before we sort of then accelerated to all-time highs. We sort of traded around this level. We had a pretty sharp sell-off, about 25% around that sort of time. And as we know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does tend to rhyme. Um, and I think that sometimes in crypto markets is is a very uh, is a very good saying because it does tend to to shine through. Um, I think we're still going to see a little bit of short term weakness sort of prevail. Um, you know, we're in that sort of range now. Forty two thousand was that low. We're trying to break through this sort of barrier um, around fifty and above. So I think fifty three is a nice level to watch there. And as I say, it's a bit of an uncertain level because if we break below 42,000 um, and don't recover like we do in this scenario, then you've got to say we're in a bear market and, you know, we could be, you know, on a, on a downward trend. Above 53K, then I think the bull case resumes, right? I think the, bear, the, the bulls then take back charge and then I think you can then challenge back to that 60K level before the end of the year. Hopefully that prevails so then I'm right. Um, but yeah. but we'll, we'll see. Um, but look, on the upside... Um, you know, I think we, I mentioned that obviously we had a pretty big wipeout of leveraged trades and, and what probably should be known as excess leverage, right? I think when you're, you've got to be a very, very, or have a very, very high risk tolerance to be trading leverage on crypto, um, which is, you know, not a problem, but potentially now we've seen obviously billions of dollars of liquidations could be setting up for, you know, some nice conditions for some, you know, price action in the near future as we come towards sort of the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to mention the, the fear and greed index there. I think it's really worth looking into for people. And, and the idea of when everyone's super, super bullish, there's no one left to convince, right? So there's no reason it can continue to go higher. I know people will say path of least resistance, fine. Uh, but likewise, when we're, we're crashing lower and lower and everyone's fearful, well, maybe that is the opportunity to buy as everyone else is needed to be convinced and once they start to get convinced, what do they start to do? They start to buy and price can start to rise. So uh, it'd be interesting to, to see how we develop the levels you mentioned. there. super key, 52, 53. You know, that area is, is massive resistance right now. Above there, psychologically, yeah, we continue to go higher, I would believe. Um, but if we start drifting back lower down to those 40s, Christmas ain't going to look too, uh, too pretty. Um, last but by 
absolutely no means least because it is very important and has been super interesting actually over the last sort of couple of weeks we can talk about vaccine stocks um there have been some good days and, and some bad days kind of like crypto right um but what do you what do you think about them at the moment um arguably they're, they're relatively sort of cheap right now and, and and something we talked about actually with with ben later on the weekly outlook he was mentioning that but the market seems to have priced out a sort of bad omricon reaction which in turn is going to be net negative for vaccine stocks right now. Uh, but what's your your sort of take on it all? And I appreciate, you know, with the with this new variant, one headline comes out and everything changes. But uh, as of right now, uh, December the eighth, eight fifty one a.m. What are you uh, what are you thinking? Well, the interesting one wasn't it? Well, I think was it last week or the week before? The Moderna CEO said, "Nope, that you the old vaccines they're not going to work. Not going to work." Oh, that means we're going to have to create a new vaccine and you're all going to have to buy it off us. Oh, yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? But look, they, they've had a, a nice run recently. You know, Moderna was up as much as sort of 50% um, for, for the week last week. Um, Pfizer's also had a great run, I think, you know, longer term. Um, maybe in the last six months, they've climbed about 33%. Obviously, they've got a nice divvy in there as well. So we're not expecting as much growth from them. So ultimately, when you look at that growth um, with a pretty nice divvy that they've got, you know, got to like that but again you know looking at the excuse me looking at their valuations still seems pretty cheap right um especially giving this sort of increasingly longer term nature of of the pandemic it's not going anywhere is it it seems to just continue to linger um yes as we mentioned the news isn't going to be obviously the best of news for for vaccine companies but let's be honest we know it's not going to be over um this is just one of many i think again i do think virus you know economies are, are in a much better place now to deal with it we're going to be much stronger we're going to be able to bat them off you know much easier um but we are likely to continue to see variants right um you know we, we still need to vaccinate 50 percent of the world for, for the current strain and for the, for the current outbreaks we're now vaccinating children um, there's a huge percentage of children that's been vaccinated here in Australia. We're obviously giving booster shots out, not just to the elderly now, but to most people. Um, you know, third jabs, you know, immunization, etc. And of course, we'll probably have to vaccinate everyone again at some point, right? Um, as we said, Moderna CEO said these vaccines aren't going to hold up. Um, I did actually see that there was a bit of um, conversation in South Africa over the last few days saying that, that the Pfizer vaccine should be able to, to hold up um, pretty well from just some early tests there, which is obviously positive. But again, at some point, we'll probably have, you know, uh, another vaccine. Um, they, they'll continue to create vaccines. You know, there's billions of dollars in this market now. So we're going to probably continue to see, you know, um, a, a lot of new variants coming out and probably new new vaccines is probably going to be the way of the life for, for the next decade. But what's clear, and I've mentioned it and I want to reiterate it a couple of times, but it's not going away. We're going to learn to just live with it. It's going to stay. So whether it's going to be, we all used to get flu jabs, but we're now going to be getting, you know, sort of COVID jabs. That's going to be the, the, new, the new thing. And I think it seems that the vaccine stock valuations aren't actually reflecting this sort of increasingly longer term demand that I think we, we can anticipate. You know, Pfizer is on 11 times forward price to earnings ratio. Biotech's at nine times and Moderna is nine times. You know, they're on average half of the valuation of the S&P 500. And to be honest, I was really surprised when looking at Moderna's, especially when you look at the, the rally that they've had over the last year. I think they're one of the best performing stocks um, on the NASDAQ. So, you know, again, to, to still be to that, that sort of cheap, I think is... Um, is, is definitely you know something that that investors um should be keeping an eye on 
again on in the same breath moderna had a pretty weak q3 earnings uh vaccine sales came in about 23 percent shy of expectations and they also knocked guidance um putting down to sort of um lower costs and you know they, they you know having to deliver vaccines at lower price points to third world countries to then try and you know vaccinate a wider population um but the longer term demand i think outweighs these short-term price actions um and for investors that you know obviously want to have a closer look then we obviously have the vaccine med smart portfolio which provides you know a great exposure to the to sort of that industry um and obviously gives great diversification at the same time but as i say you know right now i think you know uh, you know we we think that you know that this these valuations of, of vaccine stocks aren't reflecting this sort of longer term demand right now yeah, great shout on the smart portfolios and, and, and for those on the Utoro platform, just remember you can just type it into the search or you can go to Scabo, look at smart portfolios and, and see what sort of takes your fancy. But the, the vaccine one there uh, definitely is one to, to sort of check out. Vaccine Med uh, is all you need to type into the uh, the search bar there. Um, just to, to wrap up, I've got a, a question for you, Josh, uh, and our listeners. Um, you, and if you've been on my Twitter, you already know the answer. So you can just lie and pretend you already know it. Um, but I, I found this quite interesting. And the question is, how many people uh, in the world do you think are still offline, i.e. don't have access to the internet? I think I did see it, but I actually can't remember the number. Okay, so um, yeah, this would be a guess I've waited. Was it, was it 50%? It was, it was 2.9 billion. So there's 4.9 billion online, 2.9 offline. So three, kind of just under 50%, which is insane, really, isn't it? Wow, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I found that interesting. So hopefully those at home did as well, or I'm just talking rubbish. Uh, but for everyone else, it'd be great if you can remember to subscribe on, on YouTube and uh, obviously on the, on the podcast channels as well. Uh, we've got big plans coming 2022. Anything else you can find over on the eToro Academy so please do sign up for any webinars that you are interested in there as well. We'll be back next week. Josh, hopefully it gets better for the ashes, but I'm not too confident. Are you? Well, maybe just hope it gets rained off then instead. That might be easier. <laughs> it might save me a bit of pain, but no, we will see. We'll check back in next week, see how things have gone. Um, but yeah, hope everyone in, enjoys the rest of the week. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll be speaking again soon. Awesome. Take care, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.